morning. We have full house. This is awesome. Dave, yes, you can take your seats. Take your seats. We've been singing and praising. That's awesome. But we're on day seven of 2018. Who's feeling great? Seven days down, 2018, feeling good. Maybe you've had that, that quiet secret, not actually verbalizing anything, but thought an idea that this year is going to be my year where I am going to go to the gym, where I am going to perhaps eat a little bit healthy. Ryan, how's your McDonald's run been going? Is that good? Excellent. Zero, as in zero, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Seven for seven. He's doing well. Or maybe it has been all these other thoughts that, you know, I'm going to get this sorted. In 2018, it is going to be my year where I get things sorted and they're going to be accomplished. Maybe it has been where you've jumped onto YouVersion Bible app and you've, you've got there and you've done your read the Bible in a year. And it's seven for seven ticks. That's very cool. That, that actually is me. I've been, I get distracted. I get all over the place. So I'm like, no, I'm going to try to stick to this plan for the whole year. I'll see. I'll let you know how I go next week. But um, I do tend to get a little bit excited and go and open up all different new plans. But I'm sure that for each one of us, there's been different things that we've been thinking about. And this week, actually, uh, Steve, our media guy, and myself, it was real funny. We're out and about doing some shopping for something. Actually, it was unproductive, totally. But um, we were out and about looking for some stuff. And he was talking to me, and we're talking about what would be a realistic goal for him to do his training. He goes, oh, maybe I can, do you think six days a week is going to do it? And I'm like, wow, that's pretty ambitious. But, yeah, it sounds good. I'm like, maybe go five days, you know. Go for the during the week and then play hard on the weekend is what I, I would suggest to him. But, you know, maybe there is all these things that um, we have um, potentially spoken to ourselves, not necessarily out aloud because we know that maybe next week that won't work. Um, but there's these things that we have in our lives as 2018 kicks on, it's like this is my year to accomplish this goal. And today we're starting a new series and it's called Margins and it's from um, Life Church. Craig Rochelle, you have heard of him perhaps from the US, and we're going to be tracking with this series over the next few weeks, but it's all about creating margin in our life. You know, perhaps you were on the 1st of January, set this audacious goal, and now you're pretty stressed about how on earth am I actually going to accomplish this goal that I've set out for myself? Who do I think I am that I think I can train six days a week? Now, that was never my goal. I am a little bit more realistic in this. Or perhaps over the um, Christmas break, you've been absolutely audaciously generous with all your family and friends and you've been out shopping and got them all awesome gifts and now the credit card bill comes in and there's a little bit more stress. Yes, oh, oh Jenny, um, Jackie, um, Jeff actually, he's like, oh, the credit card bill's in. I'm like, oh, I'll sneak into the other room quickly. Um, and perhaps that's creating a bit of stress where financial margin is pretty tight. And you know that spending and generosity is now in front of you and you have to deal with what the tension of that might be. Or perhaps it is just that time factor where we wish we had time and margin to be able to spend time for ourselves or spend time with the family that we love and spend time in those places that we enjoy where, you know, you can actually kick back and sit on the lounge and take a few moments. My boxing day was awesome. It involved sitting on the lounge, having a shower, get back in the pyjamas, sit down for the rest of the day. It was the best day for 2017, really. It was awesome. Nah, there, was, there was other highlights, I'm sure. 
But then we all have these moments where, you know, they are, there is stress that comes. And for us to be able to handle that well or create margin where, in fact, that doesn't need to happen, what does that look like for us? And over these coming weeks, we're going to unpack that a little bit more. For many of us, it might be, you know, even the schedules, loving the school holidays where there is no school routine and no basketball training and no basketball games to have to, you know, go to all the time. There is this feel of January where you see lots of pictures of lots of people just hanging out, chilling out at the beach, enjoying life, where that schedule does become a little bit more relaxed and you create margin in your days. Although you have work and all these things, there's a little bit more margin where you can just take a moment to breathe and enjoy life. What does that look like for us for 2018, to live in that for the rest of the year? And we're going to be able to look and unpack some of that over these coming weeks. So I'd invite you all to make Sundays a priority, get along and, and be a part of it as we work together to look at how do we create that margin for us. And we, as we look at margin, what is the definition of margin for each one of us? Um, maybe margin looks a little bit different for us in how much we need in order to, you know, enjoy life and create a little bit of space. But margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. It's the amount available beyond what is necessary. In our everyday lives, we have what is needed and then we have this space where there's a little bit more space. If we were to look at that as a time factor, it might be that you have 30 minutes and you've got to get somewhere and it takes 20 minutes to get there. Well, then, then you have 10 minutes margin in your life. Are you listening, Jeff? <laughs> That was mean. That's my husband. Um, husband and I are very polar opposites in this, in this um, thinking of how much margin is required. But um, sorry. <laughs> Don't you love it when you've got a wife up here? No. Or maybe perhaps in the finances, you have $100 and then there's $80 worth of bills. Well, then you have a $20 margin. What does that look like for each one of us to be able to make that uh, margin possible in our lives? Not spend the entire $105 as our teenage kids possibly would, but create margin in our finances, create margin in our time. The di difference between what you have and what you need. You know, how does margin play out in our everyday life? It may be showing up five to ten minutes early to places where you need to be at, which creates a little bit more ease as you're walking into the next thing you're having to go to. Or maybe it's financially you have something a little bit left over at the end of the month. Let me say that slowly. It means that you have a little bit more money at the end of the month, a little bit left over instead of always living right to the edge. Margin is having distance between you and temptation. What does that look like for us to not be on the edge all the time, but to have distance between us that morally we stand strong in what we're called to? Margin could be having emotional capacity, you know, being strong in that area. Perhaps a kid, one of your children come and drop a bomb on you. How do you handle that well? Having capacity and emotionally strong in those spaces where you can deal and handle with those things well. Margin could be having three or four nights home each week, you know, creating margin in your nights to be able to stay at home, enjoy family. Or margin could be simply just to think, to dream, 
to have space to be able to contemplate what you're wanting to do and what God is saying to you. Margin could be more than just sitting at the, the dining table saying, God bless this food, help me in my day. But in fact, being able to create space to be able to have margin, to be able to pursue God, enjoy his presence, sit there, dwell with him, be able to enjoy those moments where he speaks life into our life. Margin can be all these things if we create space for that to happen. Margin is often something that isn't available to us. We're often, when I hear people and talk to people, they're so busy. They're racing from place to place to place. December has been absolutely one of those times of year where we all get super busy. But what I'm convinced is that the best things in life happen in the margin. The best things in life happen in those moments where we are able to catch a breath and be able to stay in that space. I know sitting on Boxing Day and lying on the lounge and hanging out for a bit, that I was able to just hear whispers from God in that. What is God speaking to me? Not for the church, not for all these different things, but actually what is he saying to me? It's in the margins where we get to sit, where we get to hear his voice and we get to enjoy him. This morning we're going to open up in Luke chapter 10 and it's this great story about two different women. You would have possibly heard this story before. One decided she didn't have margin, the other created margin experiencing something that could never ever be taken away from her. So if you've got your Bibles with you, won't you pick it up and you can turn over to Luke 10, we're starting in verse 38. And the scripture says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now what's really interesting in this these part of this scripture is that we have two women with the exact same opportunity. We have two women with exactly the same moment to make a choice. We've got Mary and Martha. We've got Jesus, the Son of God, and he is present in there. And what Mary created was a moment with Jesus. She could have had things to do. She could have had laundry to hang out. She could have had grocery shopping to do. She could have done all sorts of tidying up and all this stuff. But what she said was, I've got this moment, and I'm going to embrace this moment, and I'm going to enjoy Jesus. There's so many things that need to be done, but I'm going to take this moment. I'm going to sit at Jesus' feet, and I'm going to enjoy Jesus. And Martha, on the other hand, like probably many of us, she was distracted and she was stressing out. She was distracted and stressed out. She's like, oh, well, Jesus is in the house. So fair enough, Paul. I think I'd be a little bit somewhat distracted and, and stressing out also. But interesting to me was she wasn't distracted by bad things or evil things, sinful things. She was distracted by some of these things that we might say, actually, they're good. You know, she's doing great. She's, you know, getting things in preparation and in order so they can have a meal and, and doing all this stuff, which is good. She's thinking, well, okay, Jesus is in the house. Rumor has it. He is the son of God. You know, let's put something good on for him. 
Let's get the good the plates out, take the dust off those good ones that you never use daily and bring them out and make sure, you know, the toilet paper matches the toilet mat and all these things are in order because Jesus is in the house. And for many of us, we would have had December where we've prepared the house for people coming in, right? And we've gone to all these crazy lengths to have the house in order. So what she was doing was all good. But when we see the comparison between Mary and Martha and we see what they experienced in that space, we see that, you know, it was what Martha was distracted with was things that were good. But she missed out on the best thing. She missed out on the best thing. And someone said to me, and I've heard this before, is that Satan, our spiritual enemy, if he can't make us really, really bad, he'll make us really, really busy. With things that are good, with things that, you know, getting things in order and all these sorts of things that we think are really, really important and really, really essential for what we need to do in that moment, he'll keep us busy. We become so busy doing good things that often, you know, without any margin, we miss out on the best thing. We miss out on that best moment of sitting with Jesus. So how do we get into this predicament? How do we get to this place where we are without margin? So many of us are generally consumed and obsessed and possessed with what we are doing and accomplishing is urgent. And what actually we're doing is the right thing and the most important thing that we should be doing in this moment. But Mary and Martha, we see this that in this situation, and, we th- and I think this is hilarious, but in verse 40, in the middle of the verse, Martha comes running to Jesus and she asks, Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She is convinced that what she's doing, running around doing all these cleaning up and tidying up and cooking and stuff, that is the most important thing that should happen. Absolutely convinced that she goes to Jesus, say, tell that sister, he's got a sibling, you know, I was just painting this out, I got a sister, I'm like, yeah, that's her, (laughs) Um, sitting there doing nothing. Um, But in fact, she is all consumed by what's in front of her. She's all consumed by actually what is in front of me is the most important thing. But what's funny here is, as she thinks that everything she is doing is the most important, correct thing, it's crazy that um, she's wanting to tell Jesus to take my side as well. She's like, this is the most important. You can follow me up, back me up in here. Where, in fact, we see the, the different outcomes from Mary and Martha. And we see that, you know, she has missed out on the best thing while she's been busy with that. And I'll just chat through a few of the different ways that as we unpack this over the next few weeks, a four-week series. Week two, we're going to be talking about our scheduling margin. Now, for many of us that doesn't like a calendar and don't like um, keeping to time and things, it is an important part for each one of us to be able to, you know, create margin by, you know, getting a bit of order, putting a bit of schedule in our lives to be able to create that space that we need to do the things that we want to accomplish. And week three, we're going to talk about financial margin, nudging the 
partners next to you. Um, we're going to be talking about that. Whilst it doesn't seem like the most fun thing to do in the world, it is an important thing. And, you know, as we're getting our financial stuff in, it will be um, not, a easy, not a simple thing, but um, it is an important thing to get in place. And we're also going to talk about our moral margin. For many of us, you know, we are tempted with all sorts of things to be able to create space in our, in our worlds and in our daily lives, to be able to create margin there. So there is that buffer between us and temptation. There is that buffer where we see in this world so many things and so many people falling. How do we create margin that, you know, that is not us? that we have created a bit of a buffer there, that we can succeed and thrive in what God is calling for each one of us. So that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. Number one, if we're taking notes over here, when margin decreases, your stress increases. When margin decreases, your stress increases. Does anyone agree with that statement? We agree, yeah. I know, um, as I did mention, that timing, um, I'm this person that loves to be super early for things and my husband's not that person. And so when we're, when we're arriving somewhere and often there's stress rising, now it's been 23 years, so um, I'm starting to learn with it, but for me, it's a very real thing. I get totally stressed out. If, it, and I'm generally not late. It's on time, but I like to be early. I like margin. I like, like place there. So for each one of us, maybe today you're in here and it's like, yep, that was me. Family member was late, nudging them. Um, trying to worship here, but it's like, why would you make me late? Said you had to curl your hair, rah, rah, rah. You know, for, that does. It's a very important thing with as we're creating margin and looking at the things that stress us out. How do we create spaces where that is eliminated? How do we create margin where, you know, we can show up and bless the Lord and hallelujah and praise God without being too stressed out? And the same is true for financially. If you are, um, you know, financially, if there's no margin there, it's really hard. You know, as you've spent up big for Christmas, that is definitely me, always in trouble, um, that, you know, we need to create those buffers. We need to create margin that we're not overspending for what actually is coming in. Um, for that, if something breaks, you've got two problems, the thing's broken, it's like, how are we going to fix that thing? That's a, another thing that um, creates stress and tension in our, in our lives. So to be able to try, to try to work through the ways that we can, you know, see that out without having tension in our lives. You know, we've got um, CAP course that we run here every now and then. And I think there's a financial seminar that's coming up later on in the month that um, is scheduled that, you know, perhaps that is something where you need help in. And you need someone outside of yourself, maybe a mediator. Um, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, that... Um, you know, there is those different steps. Maybe it is beyond your help and you need extra help. By all means, let us know more. Love to help you with that. And then the next thing is when margin decreases, your relational intimacy decreases as well. As your margin decreases, your relational intimacy also is affected by that. You see it all the time that, you know, for... People that are busy and consumed often with work and you take that home and you're, you're at home and you're with the family and you're doing stuff, but yet your mind is elsewhere. You're thinking of things that, you know, aren't, 
present. You aren't present with the kids. You aren't present with the family. But you're busy because everything, all the pressures are on you. You know, recently Carly and myself actually went to the movies. It was in December. I was trying to create some margin, have some bit of fun. And, um, but there was heaps of stuff to be done. <laughs> so I'm sitting there texting right through the, the movie. And I, I'm texting and I'm emailing. It was not on loud. I'm not, not that person. But it was, and I'm texting and emailing. The man comes up and he's like, excuse me, can you get off your phone? I'm like, oh, okay, got burnt. And um, put it away and wasn't present. I actually can't even remember what that movie was, but I was trying to create margin. I was trying to create a bit of fun, um, but in that moment, I truly was not present. I wasn't present. I was too fixed on my phone, too fixed getting things done in what needed, but really all of that could have waited. It was a two-hour movie. I could have switched that jolly thing off and said, actually, I am here. I'm going to create a bit of margin. I'm going to create a bit of space. So for each one of us, there's a challenge in that. When there are the pressures of work, there are the pressures of things crowding us, how do we switch off and turn off that thing or don't take it out? That will allow us to be present with our family, be present with those that we're with, to be able to enjoy those people around us. You know, there's, there's so many things that will push and pull us in different ways. But how do we keep margin that we stay on track also we went to um, Sizzler in December actually Chantel my daughter she's 19 and her boyfriend Tyler they were going to go to Sizzlers personally don't love Sizzlers but the whole family loves Sizzlers there's only one in Perth in, in Inaloo does anyone else love Sizzler oh Charlie loves a buffet um, <laughs> and so Anyhow, those two were going out and it was just this random Friday night and Chantel's like, Mum, do you want to go? And I'm like, but then Jeff heard of it and he was actually going to work. Good 10 points for Jeff. He was actually had schedules. He rescheduled everything and he's like, yeah, I'm in. He also loves Sizzler. And so anyhow, all five of us gate crashed the, um, the date and Tyler would have loved that. Um, and so we head down to Sizzler. And so the place was actually quite packed. It was December. It was a Friday night. And um, looking around, and there was this the heaps of families, but then there was this one table, and all of the family were on the phones. There was one probably emailing, one probably messaging, one playing games, one probably twittering, and they were not engaged with one another. They were not present with one another. Now, no doubt, one of them are probably on Facebook saying, yeah, having a great time with the family, whilst not talking to them. And so each one of us, as our, as our margin decreases, what effect does that have on our relational intimacy with our families, with our friends around us? It doesn't also impact our family, but also impacts our relationship with God often. That, you know, whilst margin is squeezed and there's no time, it's like, when last have I spoken to God? When last have I read the word? When last have I sat? And not just quickly, like, yeah, I'm going to read this word quickly and then race off. And you've forgotten even what you've read. But in fact, that relational intimacy with God is one that is so important. It is the best thing. We saw with Mary and Martha. There's a lot of good things to be done. But the best thing is sitting, creating space, creating margin where we can have that relationship with God.
where we can allow God to speak into our life. You know, where he does calm the mighty storm in one word. It's creating space where we can have times and moments where we can hear his whispers. We live without margin. A lot of our lives are filled to the actual hour, minute, second of the day. So why is it many of us live these marginless lives? Why is it that for many of us we can't slow down to a point where we create margin in our lives? You know, you might think, yeah, January's sweet, I'm living that right now because that's me, tick, 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 loving life. January just has that laid back, relaxed feel. But February's going to roll around and school's going to start, uni's going to start, full swing of work's going to happen, there's going to be all sorts of goals and things to tick for work, KPIs and all these fun things, where we're going to have to tick those. And how do we allow this practice in January roll into all of 2018? How do we allow that to determine what our days and weeks are going to look like? So what can we do in that? It's creating these moments. We're going to call them Come to Jesus meeting. Create these times in our, in our days and our weeks where we can enjoy God where we can spend time with God, in those moments where he transforms, reshapes, you know, gets rid of the junk in our lives. Because for each one of us, what we want to be about is Christ followers. You know, Dean and Christmas Eve, if you're here, did that awesome message of water into wine. And that call to be that, you know, maybe step one is just come and attend a Sunday. Just come and show up and see what God will do. You might come once a month. You might come once every two months. Come every Sunday and see what he will do. See if he will turn water into wine. You know, our faith is that our God is greater than any circumstance. Our faith and belief in God is that even through the darkest of storms, that we can have joy in our life, where he can move and speak. And, you know, it may not change or it may change, but through that, the joy wells up from a God that is above all other things. So in that, come to Jesus' meeting. In Matthew eleven twenty eight to 29, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And I'll add a few words here. Come to me, all who are stressed out, overwhelmed, can't get it all done. Come to me, single parents who are about to fall apart. Come to me, the business guy who feels like work is just falling in a heap. Come to me, mum who has not one second or margin, not even in the toilet, to yourself. Come to me, all who are feeling overwhelmed. Come to me, Jesus says. And Jesus said, what will I give you? He said, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. That is what we're going to try to do. We're going to learn from God. And learn from Jesus. He says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And what, what will you find? The Bible says, you will find rest for your souls. You know, everything will cry for our attention. There is plates to clean and 
floors to mop and things to get done and kids to get sorted. But the best thing we can do is come to Jesus. The best thing we can do in our, in our days and our weeks is to be able to create margins where we are meeting with Jesus. It is truly transforming in our lives. You know, you might say, yeah, step one is I'm going to try to get to church every Sunday. And that's awesome. And the next layer might be, you know, during Monday to Saturday, I'm going to try to meet with Jesus. You know, I've never done that before. That's like a new thing for me. That's great. Take that next step. What does that look like? Because in those moments, it's where Jesus is able to come reside in our lives. We talk differently, we walk differently, we see differently as a result of Christ following. You know, the rest for your souls. Many of us, we have all sorts of pressures where, you know, rest is a foreign word. Rest, it might be a foreign word for each one of us. But truly, that's what happens when we come to Christ, when we meet and encounter him. He's able to calm any storm. And I'd love to invite the band up. That, you know, even if we're on holiday, sometimes we take three days to unwind and then it's like, oh, I only got three days left, so I've got to do all these things and we're, we're exhausted again. But what Jesus says, come to me. Come and rest in me. So I'd love to just pray for us as we, we wrap up here tonight, today that for each one of us, you know, whatever the margin is that we need, it may not even be something that I mentioned today, that we're able, maybe perhaps we'll stand up. Just have your hands out in front of you. And I love how Jesus knows exactly each one of us and what each one of us are going through. You know, it's only been seven days into 2018. It might have been the crappiest seven days you've had. Or it might have been awesome or anything in between. What I'd love to do is as we surrender this to Jesus and we say, Jesus, we want to come and meet with you. The margin in my life is limited. Help me to create margins that I make way for the best thing, that I make way to come to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, for each one of us, our heart's desire, Lord, is to encounter you, is to be with you, is to meet with you, Lord. Lord, where we come, Lord, not with our wish list or things that we want, but Lord, to encounter the living God in our lives. Lord, to, to look to you, Lord, with adoration, love of all that you have done the God who is love. That Heavenly Father in this space, may you speak to each one of us in those areas that need to be shifted and, sh and shaped. That Lord potentially need to just be nudged back in line. That Lord, that we would have a word from you, Lord, in this moment, in those areas. I pray wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Lord, that we would know your heart, that we would know your voice, and that, Lord, that we would have obedient hearts that follow you. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you.
in Jesus' name. Amen.